your 6th grade announcer, G-Force O'Neal, with Charlie the Dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron Don's free buyer and seller playbook. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 404 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, we'll hear from an MIT professor. Well, he's hard to hear from. He's no longer with us. He's done some pretty incredible research, though, on your success. And they always hear these things, that three things that you need to do to be more successful. Well, he has three things, and he actually is back this with science, and we're going to share it with you. Also, also, I think this is really important. we got to talk about baby names. Uh, I will tell you, all the volunteering that I do at my son's school, not a lot of Ron and Dons out there. No Steves, there's no Sandys, there's no Pams. Uh, every once in a while, you'll run into a Joe, but it's usually a Joe E, not a Joe. <sighs> Anything ending in land, though, like Deckland or Strickland or anything like or that. And, and then every other kid is named Aiden, I found. Every other child is named Aiden. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Some of the most popular baby names. Before we get to that, though, uh, let's get to this story. Grubhub, <laughs> they want to do a pretty cool thing, and not only New York City, New York City, yeah, the home of 10 million people, they want to do a pretty cool thing in all the tri-state areas because they had heard that close to 70% of people end up skipping lunch in the tri-state area. They said, you know what will be cool is we are going to give everybody $15 off on their lunch order. So everybody call Grubhub, and our intention is to feed everyone. Everyone in New York City, everyone in Jersey, everyone in the tri-state area. We're going to feed everybody this past Tuesday. (laughs) Ron, what could go wrong? (laughs) Well, uh, it turned out that this promotion was a little more successful than they thought. Oh, man. I believe, I'm trying to remember, they were getting 6,000 orders. Was it per second or per minute? It was per minute. 6,000? That, that they were receiving. Think right. about the ones that weren't coming in because so, you couldn't get through. Yeah. Restaurants, uh, well, it's 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 through the app. So you have to have the app on your phone. You order the whole thing on your phone. So restaurants that participate in Grubhub, uh, some of them were unaware that this promotion was going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, hundreds and hundreds of orders are coming into each individual restaurant. Uh, you can imagine the density of Manhattan. You're going to pick a restaurant that's close by because it'll say it, this will be, del- if you ever used Grubhub, it'll say this will be delivered in 28 minutes or something. She's so like, okay, I'll get that one. It's near my house. And so when everybody's doing that at the same time, 6,000 orders per minute, um, every single minute, Restaurants were completely overwhelmed. The drivers were completely overwhelmed. A lot of them in New York City you'd go by bicycle, and you'll see the little uh, insulated cooler thing strapped onto the back 
of like a mountain bike or a 10 speed and they'll be driving through the city delivering these items here in the Pacific Northwest. It's by car. So people were packing through these cars. Everything was completely overwhelmed. Uh, and this, this promotion got way out of hand and there is such a fierce battle right now, especially in the biggest metropolitan areas for these delivery systems. Uh, and someone's trying to become the ultimate winner on that. So you have Grubhub, there's Caviar, there's DoorDash, there's Uber Eats. All of them are seeing, especially with the pandemic, we can make money at this because it, as you've stated before, a long time ago, if you just get you know, five guys for you and your son after the Seattle service fee, the driver fee, the convenience fee, and the tip, those two burgers are now $75. I'll give you an example. Every Tuesday night, and you're invited to come, uh, we have pizza night here at the house, okay? And and we get a 17-inch Pegasi pizza. My son likes that because there's always two pieces over the next day for his Wednesday lunch. So he gets very, he gets pizza twice. You get Tuesday night. Well, if I come, there'll be zero on, pizzas. It's some, on, it's some on Wednesday. We'll get a bigger pizza because Mr. Ron's going to be here. We'll get a couple of them, whatever you have to do. And then we get the pegged salad on the side. Usually we have that delivered and with a tip, it's around $50. I ordered the pizza and the salad the other day and we were out at Discovery Park. We were out there walking with Charlie and I said, you know what? We'll just go by and pick it up. So I went by to pick it up. And I said, how much will that be? And we get the same or we didn't get the same order through the pandemic every Tuesday night. <laughs> how much do you think it was? Half? It was $25. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so we added a tip for the kitchen on top of that. So just about $35. But when I have it delivered at the house with all the fees that are added to it, and then you feel like you need to still tip the driver. And a lot of time, that's not a Pigliashi uh, pizza no, it's guy. It's a, a Grubhub guy, guy, right? So right. everything's been added to that. Uh, so it ends up being double the price for that kind of convenience. The other thing that I noticed when I was in New York City, we went on a tour there. The, the gentleman that was our tour guide, who's been doing these tours for 20 years, he said the thing that you have to really be careful of, not just in New York, but in other major metropolitan cities, he said, all these, and it's mostly guys that are on bikes with batteries. He said, not only are they in the biking lanes now, but they're just, they're weaving through cars, kind of like the way that the single sprocket yeah. delivery guys used to do. But they're on these really fast, basically motorcycles that look like bikes, and they don't have helmets on, and they get paid per delivery. And he said, you have to be careful of just stepping off the sidewalk because they won't stop. They won't get out of your way. They will run you over. They will hit you. They will kill you. And he said, that is one of the problems that they're having right now with pedestrians in New York City is them stepping off a curb, not paying attention, and boom, the Grubhub bite comes by. So it looks like this is here to stay. The question is, though, is ultimately this really good for restaurants? Because the restaurants aren't getting paid any more money as a result of this. And a lot of these restaurants are beginning to push back and say, hey, if you want to Pegliashi pizza, you're going to have to order it from us and use our delivery drivers. Do you th and, and Pegliashi hasn't said that. Do you think we'll see more of that? Uh, well, what, what I was going to finish up on my thought when we started that tangent or that that segment there was – these companies are doing these huge promotions because they want to, even at a loss, 
So Grubhub's like, we're going to lose millions of dollars, but we're trying to put our boot on the neck of the competition. So if we can drive them out, eventually, if, if there's only one or two of these left in New York City, that's when we're profitable. We'll go public. We'll be profitable. We have to win New York. We have to win L.A. So let's do these crazy promotions where they're losing tens of millions of dollars to get this kind of publicity. I, I don't think it's going away. And I think when you look at uh, millennials, they want they don't mind paying for convenience. They will not have a car in uh, as long as they can have Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting. We'll wind it up here is uh, there's a Starbucks I go uh, stop by at least one time a day, sometimes early in the morning. If I don't have my son, I'm going to the gym. I'll stop by. And I know everybody that works in there. In fact, uh, we just did a deal uh, with somebody that, that works in there. And then my friend Patty used to ride in my spin class. So I know Patty that, that runs a store up here on Queen Anne. It's interesting now that Howard Schultz has stepped back in because everyone says there's these big changes coming to Starbucks. And... This crew, and Patty didn't tell me this, but some of those on the crew said, hey, we really learned through the pandemic. It's all about mobile. This thing that Howard wanted to create where we want to be in the neighborhood and we want you to come in and have your business meetings and use our internet and sit at our chairs and drink our coffee and we'll try to find some interesting music to play and you can buy a CD and the old Starbucks cafe and then in the evening time, we'll even have some that serve up wine and beer. They're like, no. What we want to do is we just want to get people's mobile orders and have them get the hell out because that's how we make money. And that's how we collect their name and their address and their information because now we have information to sell. And that's really the future of Grubhub. That's the future of Starbucks. And Ron, you have talked about this before. And I was walking through U Village the other day who has what, and they say that the Starbucks in U Village is one of the busiest in the world. That thing is always packed. Well, if you go over by some of the new stores that they opened up back behind the Apple store, you'll see a new Starbucks going in. It's a walk up. It's mobile orders only. You walk up, you grab it, you go. There's no conversation. There's nobody knows your name. It's not the cheers of coffee shops. It's like, now we have your information. Here's your coffee. Get the hell out of here. They don't know your name, but they know everything else about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, you guys, can you believe it? It's almost summertime in the great specific Northwest. And you know what that means? You're going to be driving this summer. So you know what that means? You have to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center to make sure your tire tread is thick enough. Also, you got to make sure you have enough air, enough PSI in those tires. Also, are the tires balanced? Because if your rig is pulling to the right or left, that can cost you two to three to five to ten miles per gallon. How about that? And with gas so expensive, you got to make sure you're road trip ready at Les Schwab. And this is really cool. Right now, you could do this. Schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. Not only going to check your tires, but they're also also going to offer a savings up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. How about that? Learn more at LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's LesSchwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab. We're doing the right thing. It matters since 1952. Laura Miller is one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Don. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. 
they were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market. What are you doing today <laughs> to um, you know, move the sale forward? And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> in no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. <laughs> I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. <laughs> and if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player. We'd also love if you gave us a review. Now let's get back to building Ted. I mean Laverne and Shirley. No, seriously, it's R&D and with me, that's three. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. And I had some friends that had a baby the other day, and they named him James. And I'm like, hmm. you're kidding me. A baby named James? I'm like, are you going to call him Jim or maybe Jimmy for short? They're like, hell no. His name is James. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see a lot of babies being named Tom or James or Jim or Ron or Don or Sandy or Carol or any of that. Uh, I, I predict, though, that our names will probably make some kind of comeback maybe when we're 90 because names always make a comeback, right? So the Washington, the Seattle Times just uh, did pull the stats for 2021 collated the most popular baby names and and again you know that's just for babies in washington so this is not uh, nationwide i'm shocked by this oh you are the should we go number one the number one boy's name in the entire state of washington for 2021 is liam leo liam l-i-a-m yeah. yep lots of liams out there yep. number two yep doesn't surprise me noah and without his ark yeah noah lots of noahs yep. really oh yeah yeah and then number three oliver oh so many olivers yep. why yeah uh, noah and oliver i know and, and, and so then number four is, is the name reuben in there because my son has a has a friend by the name of reuben and when Ruben comes over, I'm like, hey, Rube, you want a sandwich? He does not think that's funny. He did not even know what a Ruben sandwich was. So now I have to introduce these guys to a good pastrami and sauerkraut Ruben sandwich. So next time the Rube comes over. You call him the Rube? Yeah. I, you know what? I give all my son's friends uh, names, and they all hate them. And the more they hate them, the more. So I, we, have, we have a guy named Dave that works on some of our projects over in Magnolia. Dave did not make the list. I, I call Dave Big Country because he's this construction guy that's country strong. So I call him Big Country. And everybody on our cruise, I, I bought him helmets, and I put their, their nicknames on the side. And on his, 
I call him Big Country. And I went in there the other day and Big Country had, and I said, hey, what happened to your name? He goes, it fell off. And then I found out he didn't like the name Big Country. So now I doubled down on Big Country. I put Big Country on both sides of his helmet. And then I write him every night. I'm like, because he doesn't know that I know that he hates Big Country. A third party told me that. Now this. he knows. So now I'm doubling down on the Rube and Big Country. So don't tell me. You don't like your name because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the business. All right, and I'm gonna call you it more. Isn't that right, Rick? Henry, I call, Ron, I call Ron Rick, and whenever people hear Rick, they're like, "Aha! I knew Ron wasn't really his name." And I'll leave it right there because Ron's name might be Rick. You guys, you should ask him Henry, next, next time you see him. Henry's rocketing up the charts to number four. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Theodore, not Ted. Lots Theodores. of the- You know what? They go they go Theodore, but then everybody's a Theo. And every Theo I know is kind of an ass. Dude. I got to be honest. Most Theos are asses and you're not going to like them. Ron and Don, not in the top 20, but Ezra is. <laughs> Ezra's number 13. Okay. What, about, then, the girl? Uh, what uh, about the girls? And Mateo, which I like the name Mateo. That's yeah. in the top 20. The girls, number one name. Okay. Number one. Number now, one. Think about this for a minute. Number one. When you're in grade school and they're calling the roll call, yeah. the number one name, Olivia. Oh, yeah. Lots of Olivia's and Oliver's. Number two, Amelia. Yep. Yep. Number three, Emma. So if you have an A on the end. This comes from all the Disney movies. All these names are from Disney movies. Then you got Charlotte. they, They no longer come from the Bible. They come from Disney movies. So if you look at this, like 10 of the top 20 girls' names all end in A. Sophia, uh, Isabella, Ava, Luna, Mia, Isla, Nora, and then you've got the top ones, Emma and Olivia. All of them are ending in A. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there should be some kind of rule. When you when you turn like 12, you, you get to change your name if you want to. Like, I would have totally changed my name at 12. Like, I have not enjoyed being a Don, a Donnie, a Donald. I don't enjoy that. And when I let my family know I don't like Donald, then they just call me Donald. More. You are not a Donnie. The, There's no I, way. That? You're not a Donnie. I don't think I'm a Don, Donnie, or Donald. I think, I think. Did you, you used to have a, you wanted your name, if I remember right. It was something like <laughs> Blue Steel or Traeger Steel. No, no. I, I, I and, and this is before, this is before the movie ever came out. I always wanted to be called Maverick because I knew my friends had a really cool dog named Maverick when I was little. And I'm like, I would be a really cool Maverick. Maverick O'Neill. Yeah, Maverick. And that, Hey, Mav, Maverick, that's a great name. I asked my son the other day, I said, hey, if we were going to change your name, and, and he likes all his names, he has a lot of them. Uh, he said that he would change his name to Thor. Oh, geez. <laughs> what about you? Have you enjoyed Ron, Ronnie, Ronald? Not, Have I you enjoyed that? I did not like Ronald. Yeah. And still to this day, when they're like, for my passport and stuff, I'll be at the airport and they'll go, okay, Ronald. I'm like, ugh. ugh. This reminds me of like first grade. Yeah, and usually your name, you, when you're our age, you're either named after someone in the Bible or someone in your family. So I was named after my Uncle Don. I was Donald. named after my Uncle Ron. Yeah, and, and, and we have nothing in common and he's dead. Wow. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, Ron and Don with Mitch Not Loans. This just happened yesterday. We closed on a house. This house was listed for around 125. We had to go to 17 something something to beat a cash offer and to land this house. We had to go over 17. In the middle of this negotiation, our 
buyer lost their financing and it wasn't their fault. Mitch steps in, saves the day. We beat a cash offer, we land the house, right? We absolutely did, and that felt great for them. They had to switch financers mid pr- mid process, and we jumped in and helped, and we closed quick. Um, you know, when you're going against a cash offer, a lot of people want to close in 15, 21 days, whatever it is. Uh, Ron and Don asked, "How quick can we close?" And we end up able to close in time to beat a cash offer. Yeah, and that's the thing I like about you, Mitch. Is if if someone has a big bank loan. Uh, out of North Carolina. They're not answering their phone on a Saturday when we're putting this offer together. You picked up your phone. You got me that pre-approval. We got the deal done. Closed that yesterday. If you want Mitch to be on your team like he was on this deal, go to Mitch.loans right now. One half percent of your loan value can come back to you in various forms. Mitch will explain that to you. Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, I think that's kind of interesting. Welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. And I want to share something with you. This is from a respected MIT professor who's no longer with us, but he did a lot of great work, deep work, if you will, on what makes people successful. And I'm going to share some things with you that sound pretty elementary, but at the same time, when you start digging a little bit, I think that it's true. He said, when you look at the uniform, in fact, he gave a speech on this before he passed. He said, when you look at the code of ethics within the military, for instance, you are not allowed as a commander to send one of your soldiers into battle without a weapon. In fact, if you do that, you can be court-martialed for that. And he said, sometimes in life, uh, as professors, and of course, he come, he's coming from MIT, right? So he's he's looking at this as a professor. He's saying... A lot of times we send our students or we send our kids out into the world and we haven't properly weaponized them and and we haven't really shown them what the important things are in order for them to succeed. He said, number one, and there'll be three things here. Number one, he said, you have to be able to speak. You have to be able to communicate. And you have to be able to not only communicate your feelings, but your ideas. And then he gives some ideas on uh, ways that we can learn to speak better, whether it be going to Toastmasters or this is what I did when I was in high school. I was in a group called FCA. It was the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And Ron and I and some of our friends would get together, we'd play guitars, we'd eat pizza. We'd sing a couple songs, and we'd, we would do something that was just called fellowship, which basically meant a bunch of high school kids getting together, not smoking pot, not having sex, and not drinking in that moment, but you're having fellowship. <laughs> That's how we practice our Christianity. So, so anyway, oftentimes they would need someone to kind of speak at these events, I just started volunteering and speaking at these events. The next thing you know, this group started growing and growing and growing. It got up to about 800 kids. And so now here I am, 16, 17, 18 years old, speaking in front of a bunch of high school kids. And you know what I learned from that? If you can speak to a bunch of high school kids, you can speak to anyone. So I started speaking to junior high kids. I volunteered to go into youth prisons, diagnostic development centers, anywhere I could go to speak, I would go and I learned to speak. And in learning to speak, and then also I used to practice this radio show, and I've shared this with you before, with my grandmother who had insomnia, and we would stay up night, we'd stay up at night, and I would be 
uh, Bruce from TalkNet, and she would be Sally Jesse Raphael. And we would sit there and we would go through our ideas of things that we want to talk about if we were going to do a talk show together. And what's really interesting, years later, my grandmother every Friday would end up showing up on my radio show. She was a part of it, along with Ron. It was really, really cool. I have to say, learning to speak at a very young age gave me a lot of confidence. My son keeps running for things at school, and he continues to – he, he hasn't won yet. But I told him the important thing is, man, the fact that you can get up and you can express yourself. I said, now you got to switch the messaging around. Like he wondered why his band class uh, didn't vote him in to be president. And it's because his messaging was, hey, everybody, uh, if I'm president, we're all going to put our phones down and get to know each other. Uh, they did not enjoy that messaging. We're going to practice more. Yeah, so we have to work on our messaging. And I, to- I told them, though, at the same time, the fact that you could get up in front of 80 kids and express that message when you're 12 years old, that's pretty cool. It is cool. I, th- I didn't realize that would be the first thing he said, but that is true. And when you can express your ideas and identify your feelings and talk, that makes a lot of sense that that would be a common trait among successful people. Yeah. So he talked about being able to sit down and figure out then what you want to say by writing things down. So it's not only the ability to speak, but then it's the ability to write. And I have to say, uh, I like to think of myself as a pretty good writer. Uh, I write a lot, and sometimes I just write things for my son or myself. Some of those things I put on on social media. And I used to wonder, are people reading my writing because I, I work at Kyle Radio, or are they reading my writing because they feel maybe some kind of connection with me and because of what I'm writing? And what I found out is, I think we've been away from that radio station for three, four years now. And I have more people now reading the stuff that I, that I write than ever before. And it's created some really cool conversations, some really great ideas. And I remember some, a, a person telling me one time, this great speaker that I used to listen to, he said, you know what? The three most powerful words in the English language are, I love you. But the three most important are to write it down. The power of writing things down. And what this professor says, even if you're not a good writer, he said, sit down and look at something that you think is beautiful writing. And you would like to write like that and sit down, pull out a notebook and copy it word for word. So he said, when you're going to speak and you're younger, take any and every opportunity you have to stand up and speak and express yourself. Because it can only help you as you get older. But then to figure out what you want to say when you want to speak, be prepared to write those things down. Writing for me used to be a chore, but now it's something that I do daily in my alone time, my quiet time with myself. You, typically, I write, I light a candle and I write in the morning. Sometimes it's just a few lines. Sometimes it seems like a book. It's, it certainly is paragraphs. When I sit down and I write the newsletter, uh, and Ron, I know that you write the newsletter, and it comes from, it, it, it doesn't, when I write the newsletter, The Nation News, it comes from a place of something that I really want to express to you guys, to all of us, maybe something that I've learned that I want to share with you that I thought could be helpful. But it used to be a real chore when I would sit down and write, and it, it's not anymore. It's, it's, it's in the same way that some people need to come home and have a glass of wine, a lot of times I feel like, whoa, I need to go home and I need to write. Well, the other thing, that, and you've encouraged people to do this over the years that I think is really sage advice along the writing, is what do you think? 
Um, and both of us get super tired of someone copying and pasting someone else's thoughts. And they'll do something like this exclamation point. What he said, what she, what she said. I agree. Like ditto, ditto heads. It's like, no, what, what do you think? Like yeah. you can be inspired by someone and you can like a lot of times when I write a piece, I'll take a quote from someone and go, I was reading this thing and it made me think of something. Here's the thing. Here's the quote. And here's who said it. And now here's what I think. Here's what I think that it means. Here's a concept that he didn't talk about or she didn't talk about that I think of. And I'm going to tie these two ideas together into my thesis. And I want to put that into the world and test drive it. Here's like a lot of times in real estate, like you and I go to these staff meetings all the time and there'll be speakers that say stuff. And then you and I'll talk afterwards and go, I completely disagree with that. That is not what's happening in our real estate business, and we're not going to fall into thinking that way. Uh, you'll see an article in the Seattle Times that says something, and a person will bring it up, and is like, that doesn't apply to you. That does not apply to you. because Why? Because we think on our own, and you sort of synthesize something, and then you put it out there. And the thing that I love about that, A, is obviously you love when you're right about something, but then I also love when you're wrong about something. And you come to terms with, wow, I had a thesis that this was going to happen. And then there's a bunch of evidence where that didn't happen. And so now I get to go back and go, where was I wrong? Uh, how can I tweak that? What can I do different? How can I learn from this? And then, and I love going back and correcting myself. And so doing not just writing and not copying someone else. Copying, I, I get what you're saying. If there's a beautiful poem or a passage of scripture or something that you just gives you inspiration to dictate it, but also take that thing and then what does it mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and 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 that's that's the last thing that he shared. He said, "What are the quality? What what are the qualities of your ideas? Not somebody else's ideas. Your ideas." And have you sat with those ideas? Have you put your phone down? Have you turned the screen off? Uh, on Mondays, we have decided around here that we don't look at screens in the morning or the evening and that we eat dinner together and then we just we just have really cool discussions or I do some writing. My son likes to draw. He does some drawing and we just completely check out and put our, put our screens away. We light some candles sometimes. If it's a, kind of a dreary day, maybe we bring the lights down. And, and we just have a, have a creative time together as a family to, to do some reading and some writing. That's the thing I'm most proud of of my son. If we're going somewhere, he doesn't always say, Daddy, can I bring uh, his games? A lot of times he'll ask me if he can bring a book. So I really appreciate that when he says, hey, uh, can I bring a book? But think about that. The quality of you, What are the qualities of your ideas? And how do you make those ideas better? Who do you share those with? And then do you write about those ideas? Do you talk? Yes, yesterday I was on the phone with two different producers. I'm working on two television shows right now. And so I, I had a phone call with the producer yesterday at noon and another one at three o'clock. And so we were on the phone and I was sharing my ideas with both of them. And it was so important in that moment when I was sharing these ideas that I had a, I, I made sure I had a piece of paper and, a, uh, and I had a number two pencil yesterday in my hand. And I was writing things down that they were saying as I was sharing about some of my, my ideas. And it, and it changed the way, it changed the way then that I wanted to write maybe and present these shows 
That wouldn't have happened, though, if I didn't take the time to really write down my ideas, which I had done. They call it a stack or a deck, and I'd sent that to them. And then it allowed us to have this conversation and this collaboration, and they were so helpful in sharpening sharpening those ideas. Yeah, that's great. And then you'd listen to the feedback. And then if you go to an expert and they're like, Don, that's not how it works, uh, then you don't just go, yeah, it is. Right. I'm Don Hill. What, what? That's what I'm doing. It's like, oh, okay, well, how does it work? You do it like this. Got it. And now you can change those ideas and the, the dominoes fall in a different direction. Yeah. I, I, I would, in, would encourage you, and just going back to what, to what Ron was saying, take like a month. If, if, you, and if you're really active on social media, don't copy and paste anything. Don't put up somebody else's clever meme. If you have something to say, say it. Have the courage to write it. And it may not be as pithy or you may not think it's as interesting. But you know what? It's authentic. And when something comes from an authentic place and you write about it or you spend some time thinking about it, they call that doing deep work where you're not on your phone. You're not on your, you're just, you're doing some deep work and you're really thinking about this. This is what we learn about in therapy, really taking the time to do deep work on ourselves, right? Because so oftentimes we're out there helping others, but we haven't done the deep work on ourselves yet. So really taking the time to do that, uh, and it's really, it, it, it's interesting when you go back, like, like my cousin Rick, almost every day he puts up a meme online on, on his Facebook page. If he died tomorrow, I could not tell you what he thinks about anything because he's just copying other people's ideas, and then every once in a while I'll get a picture of him fishing, and it'll be him, his grandkids, and he'll write something with no punctuation that says, good day, caught eight fish. <laughs> I know he likes fishing. We will see you on the other side of this. I think that's the end of the show. What's that? I think that's the end of the show. All right. And Cousin Rick, don't feel uh, picked on. My point is, if he passed away, which we all do, and I went to his Facebook page to kind of remember him, there's nothing really on it. My sister's different. Like I have her page and I can go back. You see the pictures, the songs she wrote, the things that she loved and she cared about. And so don't forget sometimes when we're leaving that things on a social media trail, people way out there in the future when we're said and are going to read that. And do you want them reading stuff that other people said that you copy and pasted? Or do you want them reading stuff that's from your heart, that's authentically from you? Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of The Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we talked about writing the nation news. If you want the nation news, all you have to do is go to rondonsitdown.com. Click on that. Send us your information. We'll get you signed up. We don't sell your information, and we only write you once a week. So you're not going to get 10 things in your email box every day. Uh, runitonsitdown.com. Also, that's a great way to activate us if you want to sit down with us. Yeah, if you're on your real estate journey, if you're buying or you're selling, uh, contact us and let's do a Ron and Don sit down. It's a half an hour meeting. It's on Zoom, so you don't even have to put pants on. Yeah, we did a lot of sit downs last week. In fact, I went to see Kathy out in our friend out in Mill Creek, one of our new clients, and she said, hey, where's my Ron and Don sit down uh, camp coffee mug? I'm like, oh, let me go get one for you. So lucky I had one out in the truck. So if you want a camp coffee mug for just for sitting down with us, ronanddonsitdown.com. Need a loan, Mitch.loans. Need tires, lesschwab.com. And again, if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 405. It'll be here before you know it. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.